Matthew chapter number 12, verse number 22. Then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb. And he healed him insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Is not this the son of David? The son of David was his messianic title. They were recognizing him as being Messiah. They're saying this is the son of God. And the word of God said, When the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow doth not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. Then the Lord Jesus begins to explain to them, A house divided against itself will not stand. Verse number 31, Wherefore I say unto you, All manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men. But the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaketh the word against the Son of Man shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Verse 38, Then certain of the scribes and Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign of thee. That bunch of liars. He just healed a blind man. They're hypocriting on him. Jesus answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. There shall be no sign given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. What's he talking about? He's talking about his death, burial, and resurrection. For Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The Lord Jesus said, you ain't going to believe this, and you ain't going to believe nothing I do, but I'm going to die, and I'm going to get up out of the grave. And he did it too, buddy. Verse number 41, The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation, and shall condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. Behold, a greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south shall rise up in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Behold, a greater than Solomon is here. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest, and findeth none. He saith, I'll return into my house from whence I came out. And when he's come, he findeth it empty, swept. And garnished. Then goeth he and taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself. They enter in and dwell there, and the last state of the man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be also unto this wicked generation. If God will be my helper today, if you've ever listened to anything I've ever said, you better listen. You better pay close attention as I speak to you on the subject of the seriousness of the Holy Ghost. Let me say this morning that we live in an indignant society. Knows very little about the fear of God. And the fear of God by best definition means to literally take God serious. 
The Word of God tells us in John chapter number 14, verse number 16, Jesus said, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. He may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you. Jesus was speaking of himself and his own spirit. And shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Jesus made the church a promise that he would come to them in the person of the Holy Ghost of God and be a comfort to the church. In the day and dispensation that we live in, the blessed Spirit of God is the living, breathing Spirit of the living God, the third person of the Godhead. He is the manifest Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ Himself who resides in the hearts of born-again believers. The Holy Spirit of God is the life giver that quickens the lifeless spirit of a man that's dead in trespasses and sins. It's the Holy Spirit that baptizes regenerate men into the body of Jesus Christ. It is the Holy Spirit that lights the candlestick in the local church that illuminates a community for the glory of God. It is the Holy Spirit that anoints all that's holy to give praise and honor and glory to Jesus Christ. It is the Holy Spirit of God that anoints preachers, draws sinners, and leads believers in all truth. It is the manifest work of the Holy Spirit of God that generates the light that is so despised by unregenerate men that they would flee into darkness like an aggravated cockroach. For every born-again believer, the Holy Ghost of God is one who perpetuated your salvation in one of your parents. The Holy Ghost of God, if you're born again, number one, called you. It was the voice of the tender Spirit of God that called you. It was the voice of the Spirit of God that confronted you and let you know you were lost and unregenerate without God. It was the voice of the Holy Spirit of God that convicted you of your sin, got you sick and tired of the place you were in and let you know you were guilty before a holy God. It was the voice of the Holy Ghost that convinced you Jesus Christ was able to to save a sinner like you. And it was the Holy Ghost of God that converted you and brought new birth and new life. And once you're born of the Spirit of God through fellowship, it's the Holy Ghost of God that gives you comfort when no one or no thing can touch the feelings of your infirmities. The Holy Ghost of God knows what you feel. And except for the work of the Holy Ghost of God, you cannot experience the new birth. Son, I go in and out of churches all over this country that is dead and dried up and dry as last year's bird's nest. No Holy Ghost of God to be found and you cannot be saved without an atmosphere where the Holy Ghost is welcome. I'll tell you some things the Scripture says and the Scripture tells us that the Holy Ghost of God may be grieved. The word grieved means to be offended It means to be distressed, to cause sadness and cause sorrow. And Ephesians 4.30 said, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed into the day of redemption. And for a child of God, you can also grieve the Holy Spirit of God. 
The number one thing that grieves the Holy Ghost of God is open sin and open rebellion that will not be confessed and will not be repented of. It may not be big sin. It may not be adultery and fornication and drunkenness. It could just be your old sour spirit. It could be your old critical spirit that grieves and hurts the heart of God, knowing that God's forgiven you of your sin, but yet you refuse to forgive a brother or sister for some little trespass. Matthew chapter number 13, verse 15, Jesus said, But this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing. Their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted, and I should heal them. What are you saying, preacher? The book of Hebrews chapter 5 verse 11 says, Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. Paul said, I've got a lot of things to tell you about Jesus Christ, but it's hard for me to tell you. You're choking me down because you don't want to hear what i got to say. And it grieves the Holy Ghost of God when sinners don't want to hear what God's got to say. The Holy Ghost can be grieved because the Holy Ghost of God can be quenched. By definition, the word quenched means to be extinguished like putting out a fire. It means to drive away. And First Thessalonians five nineteen says, "Quench not the spirit." If you want to quench the spirit of God, extinguish His work and drive Him away. The number one thing that a child of God can do is operate in the power of your flesh. You stand up, act like God's there when God ain't there, and you'll drive Him a million miles away. And I see it all over America. I see it in Baptist churches. People think that people need to hear their message. They need to know your ideas and your comments. But you don't need to hear from me. You don't need to know my ideas. You don't need to know what I think this morning. You need to hear from the blessed Holy Ghost of God. And I'll tell you what. You want to grieve God and you want to quench the Spirit of God. You start operating in the power of your flesh. Not only operating in the power of your flesh to try to steal God's glory. I hear folks all the time, they want to they make a prayer request. And God help their poor ignorant soul. They stand up and go to telling you how hard they got it. It's just so hard. It's just so hard. You just know you ain't going to believe how hard it is. It's hard. It's real hard. It's so hard. But by the grace of God, I'm going to make it through. No, you ain't bragging on God. You're bragging on yourself for how hard you've had it. And you want to quench the Holy Ghost of God, go right ahead. Brag on yourself. Try to steal God's glory. But I'm going to tell you, it don't matter how hard I've had it. I've got a good God. But there ain't nothing I ever went through compared to what Jesus went through. He loves me. He cares for me. And you can quench the Holy Ghost of God. You see all of these things begin to culminate in Matthew chapter number 12 and you see that the Holy Ghost of God may be resisted. In Acts chapter 7 verse 51, the Word of God said, You stiff-necked and uncircumcised and hard in ears, you do always resist the Holy Ghost. As your fathers did, so do ye. And to resist means to oppose the work of the Holy Ghost of God. 
And as unbelievable as it may seem to you, even a born-again child of God from time to time can resist the work of the Holy Ghost. But then we move into another area that is absolutely impossible for a believer to do this, is to blaspheme the Holy Ghost of God. The Word of God tells us, verse number 30, He that is not with me is against me. He that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sins and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. Whosoever speaketh the word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Blasphemy of the Holy Ghost by definition means to speak evil. To blaspheme the Holy Ghost is to speak irreverently about the Holy Spirit of God or about the work of the Holy Spirit of God. In Matthew chapter number 12, these men were offended by what they did not understand. And presumptuously and arrogantly they opened their mouths and began to attribute the work of Almighty God to Beelzebub. Beelzebub is the Lord of the flies, the Lord of the dunghill. It would have been quite one thing for them to have attributed the work of the Holy Ghost unto the God of the mountains or to the God of the waters or to the God of fertility or to the God of longevity. But they literally attributed the work of the Holy Ghost of God to the God of the sewer. The God of the dunghill. They literally made fun of the work of the Holy Ghost of God. There is only one way to blaspheme the Holy Ghost of God. You must use your tongue. To blaspheme the Holy Ghost of God is not to resist. To blaspheme the Holy Ghost of God is not to quench. To blaspheme the Holy Ghost of God is to open your big mouth and attribute something that God's done to the devil and make fun of the work of the Holy Ghost of God. That's why God gave you one mouth and two ears. He meant for you to listen twice as much as you talk. Because the one sin that any man, woman, boy, or girl can commit, the one and only sin that you can never, never in this world or the world to come ever receive forgiveness for, you commit with your dirty mouth. If you have trouble with that thing, you better get a grip on her. Because there's many of an individual that sat around and watched the work of the Holy Ghost of God made fun. And you will receive the consequences of that. 
before any blasphemy ever took place, the word of God said the men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonas. And behold, a greater than Jonas is here before anyone in this congregation ever blasphemed the Holy Ghost of God. Before that ever took place, there were several manifestations There was a manifestation of a man of God. There was a manifestation of a message from God. There was a manifestation of the miracles of God. And there was a manifestation of the mercy of God. Before any man, woman, boy, or girl ever blasphemes the Holy Ghost of God, there must be a manifestation of a man of God. There were men of God like Solomon and Jonas that went to a people that God ordained and set them apart and said, I've got a servant that's going to come. And there was a manifestation of a man of God. There was a man with a message, Jonah, come out of the belly of the whale, said, repent. God's going to destroy this outfit. You better run for your lives. And God sends a message. And before any man, woman, boy, or girl can ever blaspheme the Holy Ghost of God, there's got to be a manifestation of a message. God sends you a message that says this is for you. I'm going to tell you what, God sent some of you a message and said it's for you. You tried to push it off on everything and everybody else, but God sent you a message and He knows it and you do too. There was a manifestation of the miracles of God. The Lord Jesus had just healed a blind man, a deaf man, and let him hear and let him see. The devils were driven out of him and he did it publicly in front of everybody. This morning, God saved souls and changed lives of men and women in this building. And some of you say they just got confused. It ain't real. Well, I'm just as saved as they are. And you're just as dead and your trespasses and sins fit subject for hell. But you think you got what they got. God's performed miracles. And the Word of God teaches that there was a manifestation of mercy. God showed mercy to Nineveh. Nineveh, that ancient city of Nineveh that was about to be destroyed when Jonah went and preached is the modern day city of Mosul, Iraq. It still stands today as a city because Almighty God had mercy. Because when the man of God come out of the belly of that whale, bleached white from the gases of that whale's belly, seaweed between his teeth, right back in the anointing of the Holy Ghost of God and said, you better repent. And buddy, they took him serious and got to repenting. Well, I'm going to tell you, the ones that's going to get some help is the ones that's willing to receive the manifest message of God and repent of their sin. Sudden wrath and indignation and the judgment of God always follows a space of grace and mercy. By necessity, grace that's refused and mercy that's refused is always followed by fiery indignation and the wrath of God. Proverbs chapter number 29 and verse 1, the Word of God said, He that being often reproved and hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. I'm in the Bible. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 26 says, For if we sin 
willfully. After that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. Galatians 6, 7 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Proverbs one twenty four says, Because I've called and ye refused, I've stretched out my hand and no man regarded, but ye've said it not all my counsel and would none of my reproof. I'll also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh, and when your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me. But I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. I told you, without the work of the Holy Ghost of God, you cannot be saved. The Holy Ghost of God calls. The Holy Ghost of God confronts. He convicts. He convinces. He converts and He comforts. But you notice that these said, Lord, we'd see a sign of thee. They started playing with the holy things of God. They thought they were in control. They literally thought they were smarter than Jesus. They literally thought they knew more than the Son of God knew. They were called. They were confronted. They were convicted. But when it came down to it, they covered up. God, I can take care of this. God, I know you say I got a problem, but I can fix it. And I see men, women, boys, and girls in Baptist circles all across America that have learned the sad lesson that reformation without regeneration leads to reprobation. You try to straighten yourself up without the Holy Ghost of God doing that work in your heart, you have set yourself on a course for destruction. And the Word of God tells us here that when an unclean spirit, in verse 43, is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest and findeth none. He saith, I'll return into my house from whence I came out. And when he's come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Empty means that there is no Holy Ghost living on the inside. Swept means it's been cleaned up. Garnished means it's been set in order. It literally means that a man without the power of the Holy Ghost of God has said, God, okay, I've got a problem, but I'll fix it myself. That's what some of you are doing. You're trying to do better. You're trying to be better. You're trying to evolve into being a child of God. And the better you can be, the less the Holy Ghost bothers you. But what you don't realize is you're setting yourself up for a great fall. I know men that sit in this building this morning, more than one, that would stand and testify at this very moment that they tried to straighten up and tried to clean up and do better and get religious. And before it was over, they were seven times worse off than they were when they started. 
Amen. I know that's right. I know there's several men in this building this morning trying to get religious and trying to do something and straighten yourself up and clean up and learn Bible verses and learn the doctrines of the Word of God and show up in the house of God clean as a hound's tooth on the outside. But on the inside was full of dead men's bones, unregenerate without God on your way to hell. But I'm going to tell you what the Word of God teaches. When there's a cover-up, when you have the work of the Holy Ghost of God, you have a conversion, and then you have a comfort. But when you have a cover-up, you get a counterfeit. Instead of conversion, there's a cover-up. Instead of comfort, there's a counterfeit. You see... It's one thing when you're a drunkard and a dope addict and a harlot and all those things. And I see all these jailhouse professions through the years that I've seen folks get in trouble. Their marriage is about to fall apart and they run to the house of God. Somebody in the family gets sick or dies, they run to the house of God. And some tragedy comes in their life and they run to the house of God and they try to straighten up for a little while. And then first thing you know, they're in worse shape than they was when they started. Well, let me tell you what happens with the religious. A lost man gets them old wicked demons that come in and the Word of God said that devil brings seven more wicked than himself. I believe that this Word of God teaches that every lost individual in this world has a personal demon. I believe that. I believe this book teaches that. They study you. They know you. They know what makes you tick, buddy. They know how to trip your trigger and they know how to trip you up. And the Word of God says when that devil leaves and comes back and finds your house cleaned up, that means you tried to straighten up without letting the Holy Ghost of God do it. You've made a cover up in your life and you're about to get a counterfeit. Because when you do that in religion, the devils that you get are not going to be devils of pornography. They're not going to be devils of alcohol and drugs. They won't be devils of adultery and fornication. But you'll fill yourself with devils of religion. That'll be a counterfeit for the Holy Ghost of God. And they would be absolutely convinced they knew God. If they wasn't convinced they knew God, Brother Wesley, they'd have turned to Jesus. They thought they knew what they was talking about. But I'm going to tell you this morning, you better be real careful with the things of God. They're holy. The Holy Ghost of God is more tender than the most tender child in this building this morning. He can easily be grieved. He can easily be quenched. And He can easily be resisted. And if you're not careful... He can be blasphemed. When you blaspheme the Holy Ghost of God, I've heard other men say that they believe at a time in America when God was on the land that anyone who blasphemed the Holy Ghost of God died within 24 hours. But I don't find that in Scripture. I find one of the worst condemnations is the condemnation that God will leave you alone. God will let you be filled with religious demons that tell you day in and day out you're just fine. Nothing's wrong with you. 
And the Word of God said it is a sin that will not be forgiven in this world nor the world to come. If you want to consign yourself with a one-way ticket straight to the fire pit to the damned, you make fun of the work of the Holy Ghost. No doubt in my mind some of you this morning have already done that or you are dangerously close. You find yourself blaspheming the Holy Ghost of God. You'll find yourself crossing a line you'll never, never, never be able to step back over. Never. The seriousness of the Holy Ghost of God. I love Him. He is my friend. He is my comfort. I bless His name for coming in this building today. I thank Him so much for reproving you of sin this morning. I thank Him for giving me liberty and unction to preach the Word of God. I thank Him for giving some of the saints of God the ability to worship this morning. He has been in this room. Do you know Him? Is He your friend this morning? Or does old time religion offend you? Does old time religion make you uncomfortable? If it makes you uncomfortable, you run if you must, but don't you make fun. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And you mock the things of God, and God will mock you. Heads bowed and eyes closed, nobody looking.